And welcome back into another episode of the Outsider Sports Hockey Podcast. I'm Ben Mandel, joined by Mike Dykunzak and Tom Leone. Another week in the National Hockey League and a whole lot to dive into. So we're going to get right into it. And as much as it bothers me, we have to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs because a couple of big moves, one over the weekend with the O'Reilly trade and earlier today, I believe maybe even yesterday, we found out Jake Musson is going to be out for the season for Toronto. So a couple of big things. And now this will probably be the only time we're intentionally having Toronto on the agenda, though, guys. Because if you want to talk about Toronto, you want to hear about Toronto, just go turn on NHL Network. That's <laughs> who they're going to be talking about. But guys, first, let's dive into the O'Reilly trade. What does this do for the team? But then also, how much did they just lose in Jake Muzzin going down? And do you think maybe we're going to see another deal in the works for Toronto? I know Mikey D's a big Ryan O'Reilly guy, so I'm gonna let him start. Oh yeah, week. I'm the I'm the big Ryan O'Reilly guy, huh? After you yesterday, all I heard from you. Um, no, I mean, obviously, I mean the loss is big, but you know, as we could see just from their a sample size, uh, you know, obviously he's been there for a few games already, O'Reilly. But you know, just the, the game yesterday, um, you know, against against Buffalo, um, he he showed out his potential of what he really could be and how good he could be for this team. Um, it's not easy to put up a hat trick. It's not easy as it is enough to put up a hat trick in your first three games, um, you know, with a whole new franchise. So, um, you know, O'Reilly is a great addition. I mean, this team is very good. Um, I know what you're saying, Ben. You know how I said that that the Rangers were the Dallas Cowboys in the NHL. Maybe it's possible. That that the that the Toronto is the Dallas Cowboys in the AHL. You're right. I the think media they, always, they definitely are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The media always blow, the blows them up, and and uh, obviously making them better than they actually are. Um, will we finally see them uh, get past the first round this year? Um, I think they got the talent to do it, but they always had the talent to do it. Like I said, Cowboys in the AHL. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it. I mean, look, the O'Reilly trade. You can't deny the talent that they picked up. And it is a big piece. And maybe I think the most overlooked part of this trade is bringing in a veteran leader who has won a cup. Now, Toronto has that experience. They can mold that in with the rest of the guys. Uh, You have a couple of guys now who have made deep playoff runs in O'Reilly and Matt Murray. So it'll be interesting to see if the Leafs can spin this. I do think that they are a very, very talented team. But on the other side of things, Jake Muzzin being out for the year is a bigger deal than some might expect. I know this season he hasn't really played at all, so only four games. But, I mean, they were expecting to get him back. What does Toronto do moving forward without Jake Muzzin this season? Do they go out and get another defenseman? I think they have to. And I don't know if they'll swing big like uh, Jacob Chikrin, but I think maybe like a Luke Shen, maybe or someone along the lines of that uh, of that type of caliber caliber player. I think something that goes, uh, you know, hasn't been talked about about as much given the pedigree of Ryan O'Reilly, but an underrated part of that trade last week was Nolachari, and. I love Achari so much because he's just one of those players that when it comes playoff time, you know you're going to get 150%, whether you're down 3-1 in a series, whether you're whether you're up 3-1 in a series. like He's going to be the dude. He's going to be a tone setter, and he's got that experience just like Ryan O'Reilly. But also something that I found funny and, and something like an addition of Noel Achari can do for a team is at one point, in I believe it was yesterday yesterday's game, the the Maple Leafs threw out back to back lines where all six guys can play center. 
people wonder why some teams have such bad center depth in the NHL. It's because most of it's in Toronto. I mean, you had Marner, Tavares, O'Reilly, and you had Achari, Aston Reese, and I want to say Kerfoot on one line. I mean, those are all centers. Those are all centers. Those are all guys that are two-way forwards that, that play well. Maybe not so much Marner, but it's just like amazing what a move like that can do and did to their depth. And I think now with the Muzzin news, to your point, Ben, I think they have to get another defenseman in there, especially for depth purposes, because they have the depth in their forward room. They need to now pivot to defensemen and, and make up for that big loss because come playoff time, they were expecting ha- to have Jake Muzzin. Yeah, and two names I want to throw out there as potential guys. Now, I'm not too sure exactly what the Leafs cap situation is right now, so I'm going to give one that has a pretty hefty cap hit, and it's the guy down in Anaheim, John Klinberg. Really strong defenseman, doesn't really have the points this season, but obviously in Anaheim, who's the worst defensive team, he kind of has some some compensating to do there. Now, the other one, who's the cheaper option, that's Gavrikov down in Columbus. $2.8 million cap hit as opposed to Klinberg's $7 million. I'm not sure what Toronto's situation is, if they would be able to absorb that. But Gavrikov, they certainly could make $2.8 million work. And who knows, if you bring in a guy like that, that especially a very talented guy in Gavrikov who can be a second-pair defenseman, Toronto, I think, is better than what they would have been with Muzzin returning. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and also going after him prevents Boston from getting him. So I think I would lean that way more than uh, Klingberg. I'm not going to pronounce, try to pronounce uh, uh, his name because I don't want to pull a Mikey D here. But um, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov? Vladislav Gabrikov. There you yeah, go. I think I did I was, pretty well there. I was not going to attempt saying that, but but yes, <laughs> ben, that, that was one of the people that I could see they go over a trade for, but I wasn't even going to attempt to say his name. So. Listen, I, I I was going to say it, but I was I was in my thought process. You know, when you're talking about things and you're trying to get to your next point in your head, and for some reason the name <laughs> Gabrikov in my head was sounding way off and I'm like, Oh my God, I cannot say this. <laughs> Save yourself. Don't, 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 I need to don't I need be to like me. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we, once I figure out a name for the title of the segment, we are going to have that where we, <laughs> we're going to text Mikey D three of the most ridiculous names that we could find in the NHL. AHL. And Mikey D is going to have to say them. <laughs> I can't and, remember that. I'm going to come guns blazing for Mikey D just because I want a good laugh. And I, mean, I think at some point we could even come up with like some ridiculous names and we'll give him five. And he has to say which ones are in the NHL and which ones aren't. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> so, so make sure wow. you tune into future shows for that because we're definitely going to have that segment coming to you soon. Mikey obviously, D, obviously, names. Obviously, I'm bullied here, guys. So, uh, tune in. Tune in tune don't in. don't worry. Wait till the play, the round one of the Eastern Conference playoffs, and then I. We'll we'll talk about who's doing the bullying. You're right. Oh, that is, that yeah. is true. I might be better we're, pronouncing name, but I am ruthless against Tom. I'll make sure he cries. So it's hey, a- we're, <laughs> we'll, I'll make sure we get another Ranger fan in here for you, Tom, just Beautiful. to even the Beautiful. odds up. Because I know Mikey D and I, we we don't want you to feel like you were I do. overwhelmed. <laughs> I no, do. I want. Oh, trust I want me, I can take I want it. Him to, I want him to know that we beat him, though, yes, when sir. he had everything with him. Okay. I don't okay. want the we're two going, on one excuse. We're going there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but moving on here, we do have an, more news on the Islanders. And it's interesting because they find out, I believe it was Monday, that Matthew Barzell is out indefinitely. And from what I'm hearing, it sounds like they're going to try to get him back for the end of the season push. I don't know. It looked like he went knee on knee with uh, – with one of the Boston defensemen in that game, it didn't look good. Not sure exactly what they do. Again, hockey players, their injuries are kept pretty tight. Uh, they don't let any of that information out. So Barzell's hurt. Islanders, though, go into Pittsburgh and get a ridiculous come from behind win. Great game. Do the Islanders without Matthew Barzell try to continue to make this playoff push, even though there are every team that's behind them in the race has games in hand. And if they win those games in hand, they would be ahead of the Islanders. 
do like do they continue to try for this playoff push without their best player or do they maybe try to sell off some of these veterans and retool for next year with Barzell and Horvat knowing the Islanders and their management and the players that they have on their roster it wouldn't surprise me if they went for it and also who they have in net because I feel like and if I was in the Islanders position, right, if that was my organization, if I was the head coach, or if I was the GM, or if I was the owner, I would look at who I have in net, and I would not waste mm-hmm. any year that I was even close to making the playoffs. Now, once again, I've prefaced this in our first podcast. I said I'm always going to go back and compare to a similar situation I was in as a fan. I always felt that way with the Rangers with Lundqvist. They didn't send the letter out until 2017 because they knew Lundqvist was on the way out. All those other years, those mediocre years where they could have blown it up and they could have traded guys away, they never did. They held on to them and they went for it because they had an all-world goalie. And I think that sole reason, along with other guys like trading for a Bo Horvat, like Anders Lee, who they're not going to get rid of, like a Brock Nelson, like a, 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 a Pollock on all those other guys on their team that kind of create their core and have been their core, added on to Sorokin. There's no way in my mind I can see the Islanders going, you know, it's over. Let's just, because of one injury, right, we're going to just blow it up right now and we're going to we're gonna start selling off assets and not go for it when we're actually in a playoff spot right now, although albeit with four games in hand, but still. I just can't see them doing that. I think they're going to go for it still. I really do. Which I yeah, love I, because then they're going to fall on their face and that that would just be amazing. But story for a different day. Well, I think no matter what, they have to make a move, right? They have to either bring something in or they have to ship some some of these older guys out. Get rid of Paul Mary if you can. It, it, the big one is Josh Bailey. If they can get rid of Josh Bailey, that would really free up a lot of cap space for them because he's just dead weight at this point. And, and he's hurt right now, isn't he too? Yes, and they can't even long term IR him. It's it's that really is a bad a situation. They need to pull up. They need to get Arizona on the phone. In exactly. Well, they already sent Andrew Ladd to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> like, that was a huge cap hit that they dumped, and they had to give up a first round pick in order to do it. But for the Islanders' sake, we we've talked about they don't have anything to give up. Well. If you are going all in, it's on the shoulders of Ilya Sorokin. So you have to play your final card now. If you're Lou Lamarillo and you think this team can get in, you have to do this. And it's trade Varlamov for a wing. Get something that is competent on offense. Because I don't know if you guys saw what their lines look like currently without Barzell. Their first line was Bo Horvat. Anders Lee and Matt Martin. Matt That's Martin beautiful. on the first line. Yeah, I was say Matt Go Martin first trade Varlamov for someone who could put the puck in the net. You know what? I'm sure Vegas will give some mid forward, like a like a Brett Howder, like a second or third <laughs> line winger, just to at least plug in and help this team out because they are desperate. And I know Matt Martin is he played well last game against Pittsburgh, you're not getting that every day out of him. He's older. He doesn't have that energy. He barely is able to play fourth-line minutes anymore. Yeah. you can, sure. And not to mention the fact, you have Bo Horvat coming from Vancouver to the Islanders to now play with Anders Lee, who's just a net front, net front presence, and Matt Martin, who is a net front presence. He doesn't have any playmakers around him now. Which means he won't be putting the puck in the back of the net like what their intentions were when they traded for Exactly, exactly. So they either are going to have to be very top-heavy, put Brock Nelson with Bo Horvat, but they can't do that now with Barzell out and their center depth no longer being there. Maybe slide Paul Mary up and see if maybe Bo Horvat gets someone with a shot at least on his wing. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but... It, it's not a great situation. They have to either sell off some of these older veterans or, you know, get rid of Varlamov and get someone in there to help out offensively. Yeah, you couldn't have asked I for agree. a worse time for Barcelona <laughs> to get hurt. I, I mean, that's, that's my opinion. I think it's just, I mean, how close it is right now. I mean, basically what you got six teams are three points within each other for the standings and everything like that. It's just, we only what 20 games left. 
So, I mean, it's just the worst time for him to get hurt. I mean, he's your di- most dynamic player outside of Horvat. And then, uh, and obviously, what, just up there with points with Lee. So, it's just, I think it's the most unfortunate time for him to get hurt for, for this team. And you're right, Ben. They got to go get, they got to make a move, especially if they're going for the long run and make a playoff run, which I believe they can if they get everyone healthy. But without Barzell, if he's out indefinitely, I don't, you, I don't you, think there's a chance. You, you legitimately, I have to call you out for this. You, but you think the Islanders can make a playoff run? I think anything's possible in the NHL. I, I, mean, I do think that they, like you said, it's the same thing with Igor and Net for the Rangers. As long yeah, as but, Sorokin's was, in Net, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but hold, on, just, hold on, hold on, just spoke no, it to no, the existence. No, 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 no. I was the about to say the same light thing. Years ahead of the Islanders, talent wise, and that's not even close in the but back yeah. end and the front end. They well, are, yeah. You're not, you're not wrong. But we're in terms of that. squeaking into the playoffs, it can happen. Vitek Vanacek just went on a fourteen or thirteen game point streak. Yeah, but so, that's because again, the team in front it, of him is really good. Sorokin's yeah, still giving up, but even on good nights, three or four goals a game lately because of, yeah, of what's in front of him. Yeah, that won't but, change you know, in the playoffs. Yeah, but he's not going to be playing top-tier talent every night. It's not so, – Sorokin can steal games, and, you know, he yeah. has five shutouts. Uh, you know, that says something. He can go out there and steal games, and he's not going to have to steal games every single night. But if he goes out there and is, can steal two out of every five, I'm your ta- offense no, I'm talking- should be able to – I'm talking when if they got into the playoffs, Mike said make a playoff run. I'm saying when they got into the oh, dance, I thought, make a I playoff run. Said, well, I, I agree they could sneak why, into the playoffs. Why are we but. why are we pretending like as Rangers as good as they are on paper that that Igor wasn't the reason why they had a run last year or even? Oh no, no, playoffs. I'm talking about this year. I'm talking about this year. No, that's fine. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm glad that Igor came back to earth this year. He definitely has, first of all. Um, but I am just wanted to say to you why oh, can't he's, he's, not possible? he's not on? He's not you know. Uh, a freak this year, but he's still a top five goalie in the league this year. The, the Islanders' style of play certainly translates to playoff time, though, and we saw no, that it does. when they went when they went to the Eastern Conference Final and lost to Tampa in seven games. They were the wild card team. True, they were the my, wild card team who but, went and beat the top seed in the Metro in Pittsburgh mm, or yeah. East that year. They mm. then went on and beat Boston, who nobody gave them a shot to beat. And then they went and took Tampa Bay to seven games, and that comes after losing eight or seven nothing in Game Five to then turn around after going down two nothing in Game Six, tie the game, and then win it in overtime for Game Seven. So you know, and that with, was without Sorokin being at the caliber he is at now. That was yes. when Varlamov was in net. Yeah, but that's also with the core of the team now that we're saying they might have to ship out being four, five, six years younger than they are right now as well. I'm just saying, I just can't see. Remember my big bold prediction is I could see Boston bounce in the first round. If the Islanders are the team that squeaks into the playoffs in the East and plays Boston, the the Bruins are winning in four. There's not a shot that the Islanders win a game against the Bruins. I, I might give them one because of Sorokin. Other than that, Sorokin even won't be able to save them. Because well, the if Barzell's back, save- though, if Barzell's back, it's a different team. And who knows, if they get rid of Varlamov and bring in a winger – that can score their their depth is all of a sudden back to like they the piece that they lost in Beauvillier would at least have some kind of replacement now it's okay. no longer just slotting Beauvillier out for Horvat it's slotting Beauvillier out for Horvat and a uh, Howden fair fair but I I just I, I'm just personally speaking here and giving my opinion that if the Islanders squeak into the playoffs, they are not making a playoff run. That was just no. I mean, I look, just, you're, I had to call I, out Mike's point about they, saying they could make I mean, a run. I mean, I don't same, even think they. I don't even same, think they the make same it, wild card but they team can. in Los Angeles freaking uh, beat our teams in the in the Stanley Cup Finals when uh, they weren't even supposed to be. Well, they there, were so. a wild card team when they beat you guys. They were a, a powerhouse when they beat the Rangers. So. Yeah, but well, they were they still power, beat the Rangers, they turned so into cool. a powerhouse because of that year. They did, they did, they that did. They turned they them did, into they a powerhouse. They didn't again, lose after that playoff, playoff run. <laughs> they didn't. They did not. No, but moving on, we do have some more news. Ovechkin expected to rejoin the Capitals. Uh, he is back from Russia. Uh, they said he, they think he should play Thursday. Washington, I believe they went one and four without Ovechkin or something nice. along the lines there. These next few games are going to be huge for them because they're now no longer in a playoff spot. Do the Capitals win a few games with their captain coming back? And if they, even if they do win a few games, 
do they go out and make a move at the deadline? They have a lot of guys. I believe it's 11 guys on their roster right now who are not under contract next season. So what is the direction for Washington? Do they stack up and try to make a run for their captain? Or are they going to try to retool and bounce back for next season? Let's see. Let's see what Mike has to say. Let's see if he can uh, try to muster up the courage to predict another old no, overrated team this year. will make a playoff run if they sneak in. Well, I'm not going to get your, your hopes up and just say anything that you want me to say to make me look bad, Tom. So no, I'm not going to say that. I, I don't, I think I am going to sell on the Washington Capitals. I don't think that, I think they're done for. Obviously they went one and four without Ovechkin, even with Ovechkin coming back. It's just hard to, I get he's your guy and he was he is the guy, you know, for the team and everything like that. But even missing some time with the team, despite if you're the heart and soul of it, uh, it coming back and making adjustments to just play good again. Uh, I don't, I just don't see that happening. I, I would, I would, you know, I'm selling on the fact that I think the Capitals make a, make a playoff run, Tom. Okay. <laughs> I'll say, well, I'll say this. Uh, I know what team they will be in the next couple of games. And that'll be the Rangers on a Saturday matinee in Washington, just because I feel like the Rangers are going to have themselves a bloodbath of a game tomorrow night against the red hot red wings. And then that'll be their letdown. And I think Washington will get a win against the Rangers. But other than that, um, I, I grew up Mike. I, I would sell if I was Washington, I would look at my roster. I would look at all those UFAs and I would just get as much as I can for them. I would really, really let Ovechkin kind of dictate what he wants to do for his future. Um, and yeah, I, I'm selling, and I think they should sell, and I don't see them making a run at all. If they if they become buyers at the trade deadline, I just don't see where it makes any sense. Their goaltending is subpar. They don't really have the depth. Their scoring is lackluster and old, and yeah, it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me to look at the Capitals and say, oh yeah, they can make a run if they if they go make certain moves. Like there's just none to be there. Yeah, I agree. Look, Washington, I think they're done. I think the best thing that they can do is understand that, you know what, Ovechkin could have a few years left. And what better way to finish out Ovechkin's career than to have him lead the next generation of Capitals? Get some of these UFAs and guys that aren't going to be under contract next year out of here. Bring in draft picks, bring in young talent, and get this team ready to go. Now, I just sent over a name to you guys. I did text it to you. And I do want to hear Mike pronounce it. But the reason why I sent it over was because he was a guy in Hershey last year who was really good. I found out he is no longer in the capital system. So that is, so I was, I was going to say he's someone who maybe look out for in the future for the capitals. He's no longer there. So ignore that part, but (laughs) I will say the correct pronunciation of this name, but Mike, give it a shot. What do you think? This is ridiculous, dude. Um, (laughs) Axel Johnson, Jalby. Tom, you got to give it a shot too. Mike was a good sport. All right, I'm gonna go Axel Janssen, Yalby, Yalby. <laughs> yeah, no, Tom Axel Janssen, Fialbi. Wow. Fialbi. Okay. Axel Janssen, right, so the, the Fialbi. F is so the J is the there. I. Gotcha. The, the J is an I. Yeah, Axel Janssen, I mean, Fialbi. Well, that's I mean, look again, hockey names. So <laughs> yeah, Axel Janssen, Fialbi. Uh, again, he, I thought he was going to, I thought he was still with Hershey. He, he isn't. So I believe he's with Winnipeg now, but we're going to shift over guys. And I think this is actually good timing. I know we kind of, uh, scripted out the show earlier in the week, but New Jersey loses to Montreal last night. I don't think they got outplayed. I really don't. I think Montreal was opportunistic, took advantage of their chances. VTech didn't have his best game. Devils lose, I believe it was five to two. Now, a lot of there's a lot of talk about the Devils and getting Timo Meyer. And from what I'm hearing, the asking price for Timo Meyer starts with Dawson Mercer. Mm. That is a hard no for me. <laughs> you are not giving up Dawson Mercer plus more for Timo Meyer, a guy you're gonna have to pay eight plus million dollars a year. No chance. So I'm going to like, I sit here and I took a long look at the devil's roster and they're starting forwards because I think we can agree. They don't really need to add the defensive depth. They have seven guys. They like rotating right now, but 
I know you guys both, Mike, you're all in on Timo Meyer. Tom, you don't think the Devils can make a run if they don't make a move. But I don't think they need to. And the reason why is because I don't want th- – there isn't a guy in the lineup I want out right now. I could name a few. I mean, you know, like, <laughs> no, no, that's exactly their forward it. Like, group, in their forward group, Mike, or their defense or in, on defense? Because I know you were particularly angry at one guy yesterday. Who was that guy, Tom? Brendan Smith, or I should yeah. say, I should say no, Tuesday, I, I, you were particularly I, angry with him. First of all, that was Kyle Moore, so you got the wrong guy. First, I didn't say, <laughs> yeah. So I know, I know, I know. You think Devil fans are one, you know, respective devil of themselves, but, but yeah, get your facts straight before I call my name out and saying stuff I didn't say. He had a crappy game, so no, you could have taken the the sound no, there. No, he no, did. I actually I, thought he did great. He, Brendan Smith is great. I, I when they brought him in, I was like, oh, he's too slow, but he <laughs> does a great job of making up for that. And you know what? He made a few mistakes, but I thought for the most part, he did a really good job of protecting the puck and getting it out to the neutral. Well, that's zone. what Brendan Smith's going to do. Brendan Smith's going to give and he's going to take. He's also could be an extra forward if you really need him to be. So that, that's what Brendan Smith is. Uh, but, you know, Mike, in terms of the forward group, what, who is a guy that you would want out? And, you know, what are you willing to give up in order to get Timo Meyer if they're right now telling you it starts with Dawson Mercer? I, and I understand that. And that's why, obviously, it's harder to lean toward. Like, obviously, I want Timo. I think that, I think his team needs, uh, you know, obviously, they got Jack. And, and you know, you could, you could argue that, you know, Jack, Brat, and, um, and, and that line, you know, they, 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 produce enough offense to keep this team afloat. But obviously, the, you know, since Jack come back, um, it, it hasn't been that case. Obviously, he's still a little step back, and that's fine. He's been – he was hurt. He's got to take up some time to adjust. I'm not expecting him to to come back into a game and just look fantastic like he was before he got hurt. But at the same time, you know, I, I don't want to get rid of Mercy either. He's been a difference maker for this team, especially down the stretch without Jack, you know, the last few games, and he's been on a heater. So I don't want to get rid of Mercy either. I think he's a difference maker. And I understand if it starts with him, you know, obviously I would have to say no to the deal as well, Ben. But, um, you know, if it was if there's a guy that I would get rid of, but I don't think they're going to take, I would say Miles Wood, get him the hell off this team <laughs> because this guy just flies around this cardio the whole game. And obviously, you know, I love his passion. I, I was a big Miles Wood guy. Tom can to attest to that. A big Miles Wood guy. But, you know, this year he hasn't brought anything to the table uh, for the Devils that makes him a difference maker. And that's why I see some deals and all these people talk when they said, oh, oh they need to get uh, get rid of Mercer to get Timo, obviously, you know, that's a high asking price, but people are saying, you know, you'll take Miles Wood and you'll like it. And I wish that was the case because I'd be perfectly fine with getting rid of Miles Wood in if, if a part of a deal to get Timo. But I know what you're saying. I understand that you wouldn't want to make this trade. Still a lot of young talent on this team. These guys have a lot to give. Uh, but if there was a guy that I wish they would get away in this trade, um, it would be obviously Miles Wood be part of it. And obviously there's a prospect in the situation. Um, I thought it'd be Nemec. I thought they would want him. Um, and then obviously a first round pick or something like that or or or, or early pick so um but yeah if it is mercer and that's what they want and they won't do it unless it's him i totally understand that um and obviously i would say no to the deal too kind of shifting off of the timo meyer side of things do you guys still think the devils need to make a trade and if so who are you going to look for if you're pivoting off of meyer if you're the new jersey devils i know tom ranger fan but try to put your devil's cap on here well i'll say this i think that if you're sitting here telling me, I have to put my I have to put my devil's cap on here. So naturally, I mean, I we've say. been talking about it for the last couple of shows. We know who the first round matchup is going to be, and that's the first round matchup you have to go in and look at that roster and be like, we can't make a run unless we beat the team we're going to face in the first round. Naturally, that's common sense. So I'm looking at the Devils, and I'm looking at who they're going to go against, and I'm looking at the Rangers. And I don't think – I think keeping Mercer and adding a guy like Barbashev or a guy like Henrique or a guy like even – St. Louis is giving me the vibes they want to keep Buchnevich, but a Buchnevich. If you add a guy like that and keep Mercer and add even more speed, right, I think that will – you're still good enough to compete with the Rangers and, and possibly beat them given if Vitek can outplay Igor for a couple of games. I think that's 100% possible. Me, as a neutral fan – I understand the affection and love for Dawson Mercer, 
But if there's one position group that the Devils, I think, could give up a little, and you have to give up a little to get a guy like Meyer, especially when you're going to get to lock him up long term. He's just as young. I mean, not just as young as Mercer. He's, he's a couple years older. But you're getting a superstar player. Mercer looks like he's developing into one, but he still needs to develop to that. Mer- Meyer's already that. And I would, if I was a Devils fan, look at my team now and look at the goaltending you're getting from a guy that necessarily hasn't been that type of goaltender in his career. It's a small sample size. He's playing really well. Why not go for it? You get Timo Meyer, you're you're instantly better than the Rangers. I mean, instantly, you're you're a favorite in that series. And that's what my devil's cap on. That's what I look at. I would trade Mercer. I would trade a pick, and I become better because Sharon Govich moves down with Halla and Palat. You have Meyer with Brat and Hughes. You have Tatar, Heischer, and Zetterlin. Like, or you can move Sharon Govich with them and put Zetterlin on the third. Then your fourth line is the BMW line. You maybe can even add another forward to, to make that deeper. And I think the doomsday scenario for the Devils is adding kind of a depth forward. And then the Rangers, as we were talking, the New York Post just broke. They are, in fact, still in on Patrick Kane, and they're trying to find a third team to get for it. Your doomsday situation is not getting a superstar and then having your BMW line or your third line go against the kids and then a fourth line of Goudreau, Mott, and Jimmy VC. That's a nightmare scenario if you don't get a guy like Timo Meyer. I don't. I know Dawson Mercer is a great talent, and if you're not looking at this, you're sure you want to keep him, but I think they need to make a big splash. I, I personally can't see a Buchnevich or a guy of that caliber moving the needle for me. I, I just can't. It needs to be Meyer if I'm a Devils fan or – you know, if I'm a neutral saying, how do they beat the Rangers in the first round? It needs to be Meyer. And I think the biggest thing is, so the BMW line, it is still the BMW line, but Nate Bastion's been healthy scratch the last two games. So, and this is, this is part of my argument in terms of, I don't think they need to make a trade because there are too many guys in the lineup right now that I don't want to see come out. Like, because the first one that's coming out is either Jasper Boquist or, Fabian Zetterland, who I think both have been playing great hockey the last three weeks. Jesper Boquist on that fourth line has added more of a scoring touch. They're flying around the ice. I understand what you're saying about Miles Wood doing cardio, but those guys are unreal in the defensive end and on the back check. They can go out, they'll go out there and play against team second, third lines and just run laps around them with the puck because they'll tire you out. It's not a coincidence that the Devils' best period this season has been the third period. And it's by a long shot. They're outscoring teams in the third period by a tremendous amount. And it's because of the way that line in particularly is able to wear teams out. Now, I understand the appeal of bringing in a Timo Meyer, But I think if you keep Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes together, those two will give consistent production. You're not giving them enough time together playing. They have, they've barely played together this year. And when they have, they've produced at least a point per game. So you can't break them up. I like what they have going with Dawson Mercer and Nico Heischer. I think Dawson Mercer and Heischer have both absolutely clicked and unlocked something really special together. And Tomas Tatar with them has been a revelation as well. So you have a really, really strong top six alone right there without Timo Meyer. So I don't think you have to go break the bank to get him. I don't think you're making yourselves that much better. And again, there is still that thing looming with Jesper Bratt. And if he's going to end up walking next year because you brought in Timo Meyer, you didn't just lose Dawson Mercer. You lost Jesper Brad as well because you gave the money elsewhere. Hey, I, I, I respect that. And and listen, I, I agree. It's, you know, for me, when I look at the trade deadline, I always look like from December 1st on, that's when teams really push it up. And that's when teams really get it. And you kind of figure out who your team was, you know, you might go on a, a big run early in the year or whatever. And to me, you know, the Devils are 18, 11, and 5 since December 1st. Teams like the Hurricanes are like 24, 4, and something. The Rangers are 22, 6, and 1. Those teams found their stride kind of like the Devils found their stride early in the year, and they are – one is already added. The other one is going to add. So the Devils need to add, in my opinion, because besides the 13-game winning streak from – and then December 1st on, albeit with injuries and stuff like that, they are a they're, – they're a good team, a good hockey team, but not a great hockey team. They need to add somebody to make themselves a great hockey team. And that's just my opinion. Yeah. You know, Tom, it 
it really does kind of spark another question and that it's it's a whole other debate that can be had and that's if you know when do you decide your window is opening and you do go all in and bring in a guy like Meyer and lock him up and put yourself in some kind of cap handcuff situation so that is definitely like something we can talk about Mikey D I know you didn't really get the chance to say who you would bring in outside of Timo Meyer. So I do want to hear from you. Who is the guy you would go to if the devils are pivoting off Meyer because they don't want to give up Dawson Mercer? No, hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I honestly think you're going to probably call me crazy for my answer, but I kind of think it's like a, I think it's like a, a Timo or bus situation. And it kind of goes to what your question, what your question is, uh, you know, saying, you know, like what, what, what is the window? Like, what is the reason why you're going to do this? Do you want to risk it all? Do you want to put yourself in cap hell? Do you want to make this run right now, even though you're not even supposed to this year, right? Because we talked about it when we were off air saying, you know, the devils weren't even supposed to be in this position and everything like that. And Tom made the good point that, you know, we were just kind of like a goaltender, uh, a competent goaltender, goaltender away from, you know, uh, being a team that's of this, of this caliber. So, um, and we're getting that this year with VTech and with Blackwood, honestly, when he's healthy, he's been playing very good this year as well. Uh, so, I mean, it is there, but uh, what I would have to say, obviously, you know, when I, when I look at it, if there's other uh, people that the Devils could look into, um, obviously for a lower price, everything like that, that would help and make them slightly better would probably be Bush Navis. Uh, but obviously, I don't think that St. Louis is going to give him up. And then obviously, uh, I look at Henrique and everything like that. It'd be great to have him back for uh, the series against the Raiders. Maybe he'll do it to, to them again. So that'd be kind of cool. Uh, but, uh, but I mean, those guys, I don't think they'll make a big difference, uh, you know, to an extent. So, um, I think it's Timo or Bust. That, that's my that, that's my look, but I understand your side of things when it comes to who they would get, have to give up in order to get him, and it would put us in hell. And it, it basically says right now it, it is is do or die. You know, we have a short window. But at the same time, to you, Ben, which I can say to you as another fellow Devil fan, when we had our window back in 2012, how long did that last, right? It didn't last long at all. We had a slight window in 2017. Well, what happened with that? You know, like I, what, what, in, what is the window? What is the extent of the window the Devils can have? If we bring in Timo right now, uh, how long would this window actually last for? Will we actually compete for a Stanley Cup year in and year out? You know, because we have this addition. I understand what we're giving up, but. But like, like Tom said earlier, we're getting a superstar and we have another superstar with Jack Hughes and we have another superstar that's pending in Luke Hughes coming too. So like, what is this window that you're speaking of? We had one year windows in our past as, as fans in our lifetime. How long do we want to make this window open for? And maybe Timo will be the the solution to making it longer than just a one year fluke kind of thing, which we've seen in our past as fans. So um, for me, it's Timo or bust. I understand your situation. I would not be opposed if they didn't make this move because obviously it is going to put us in gap hell. But at the same time, and obviously we'll lose Mercer. And I really love Mercer. But at the same time, if we do really want to make a, a run, and I think if this window is going to open, they need Timo. That's my opinion. Yeah, and you make a good point, and you can argue that in 2017-18, when they only had that one year, it's because Ray Shiro just went all in and sacrificed the future for a team that just wasn't good enough. And that's where you have to step back and take a look at this team and think, do we have a chance to win the Stanley Cup this year? Because you you never know when you're going to get that chance again. And if the answer is yes then you do whatever you can to make your team better for this year. And I understand what that possibly can do in the future. Now, I think if you bring in a Timo Meyer, yes, it makes their cup chances significantly better. But I also think that the chemistry in the Devils locker room has been really good. And Dawson Mercer, I'm pretty sure he's only like 20 years old is a big part of that. And losing him would be comparable to the Islanders losing Anthony Beauvillier, I think. True. And that that could be a big, big piece to lose. I think you can certainly sway the San Jose Sharks to make a deal that doesn't include Dawson Mercer. I, I like I have to believe that. And if you can, you pull the trigger. Here's here's, here's a 
He, sorry, I was wooden. You'll like no, it because <laughs> I, I think a big thing that goes with you know a little under the radar here is that you know uh, Dan Quinn, uh, David Quinn. Oh my God, I always get confused with Dan Quinn, freaking Cowboys. Um, he was on the Rangers staff in 2020 when they were seriously considering Dawson Mercer or Braden Schneider. That was his his scouting, his 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 camaraderie, his guys. They were debating Brandon Schneider or Dawson Mercer. That that's what was that at that pick in the 2020 draft. That's what it was, and the Rangers ended up getting Brandon Schneider. I think he lost that power struggle. I think Quinn loves Dawson Mercer, and I think he will tell Greer if we're making a deal with the Devils, we're getting Dawson Mercer because that's my guy, and if not, we're going to deal with somebody else. And they're going to have plenty of offers. I think that's what the, the, to your point, Ben. They need to decide. Does Meyer put us over the top? If you guys get Meyer, full transparency, I'm not trying to be a jinx, Mike and D. The Devils will beat the Rangers in the first round. They could probably still beat the Rangers without Meyer and adding other pieces, but they will beat the Rangers if they get Timo Meyer because that that would just be a scary top six, especially to your point earlier where they can roll their third or fourth line against our top two and then roll out a line with Jack Hughes and Timo Meyer when you need a lot of offense. I mean, come on. It'd be sickening. And I think they need to make that decision because I, San Jose is going to have four, five, six offers. They're going to be able to pick and choose which one's the best, and they're going to be able to toy with some teams. So that rumor where there's smoke, there's fire, the Sharks want Mercer. It's going to be Mercer to get Timo Meyer, or it's going to be Timo Meyer in Vegas. It's going to be Timo Meyer in, in Carolina. It's going to be Timo Meyer somewhere else because I could see – the Hurricanes giving up like a Kokinyemi or somebody like that to get a Timo Meyer because they need scoring. So if one team's willing to do it, you got to be willing to. And I think as a team, I don't experience this with my hockey team, but with some of my other teams, when you start growing this homegrown talent and they're so good, they kind of hold so much more value that it kind of makes it harder to do this deal. But at the end of the day, look at it. I know Dawson Mercer is a really good player. He's turning into something special, but this Devils team can win this year and you got to give up a, a Basically, in his development plan, your third center, because he sure and Jack are going to be your top two for the whatever, for a winger that will be with one of those two guys for six, seven, eight years. You can't let Dawson Mercer cause that not to be the case. And, and, and that's just me and totally no connection to Dawson Mercer or the Devils or their their their, their ability to, to grow homegrown talent. You just can't let Dawson Mercer hold up a Meyer deal, in my opinion. I think that... labeling Mercer as a third line center is unfair to Dawson Mercer. And I know he has spent time on the third line, but the devils also play a lot of their top six forwards on the third line. They shift their lines a lot. I think they're starting to kind of figure out where they want guys and what combinations they like and want to keep. But Dawson Mercer is a top six forward on this team. Do not get that twisted. He, He may be a center on the depth chart, but the guy plays all three forward positions and he could score. He's tenacious. He's fast. His effort on the ice is something that's unmatched. He can kill penalties and he can play on the power play. That second power play unit is as good as it is, mostly because of Dawson Mercer. And I wouldn't be surprised if he eventually finds himself in the top power play unit because of that. He only gets usually 30 seconds of time and he usually is, finds a way to create a chance. But I also would find it hard to believe that San Jose would turn down a deal where the Devils are still overpaying because they have that prospect pool and wealth. I mean, you can, Simone Namek is a terrific talent that really I think would be more valuable than Dawson Mercer because of his age and because of what he can play out as, as he, he projects as a top two defenseman for a team and that's terrific you throw in an alexander holtz and a tice thompson and all of it like those are two nhl ready players right now i know they don't have dawson mercer's year and a half of experience but come on like you're telling me if you get those two players simone nemec who was the number two overall pick last year and the devil's first rounder for this year you're not making that deal just because it doesn't include dawson mercer i don't care you're not getting a better deal from someone else and i think sending timo meyer to vegas is just asking for problems for years to come no yeah i I just threw vegas out there because i know they would take the tires and and i agree with that point that that the devils probably could offer you know the better package, but if San Jose is asking for a little less and 
you get to keep Nemec. You get to keep maybe another draft pick. You get to keep a Holtz. You get to keep a Thompson. You don't even have to. And it's just like we want Dawson Mercer being the forefront of this deal, and we can talk about the other logistics. We might even give you a pick back. We might even give you another player back, like a LeBanc or something. You have to do it. You have to. You cannot let Dawson Mercer not get you Timo Meyer because Timo Meyer on this team is this year. I, I, you can get me on the argument long term. This year, if it's just us three talking, the the NHL is not going to exist the next four years. You have your only shot to win a Stanley Cup this year, and you let Dawson Mercer hold up a Timo Meyer deal. It would be an injustice to the Devils and your fan base for Dawson Mercer after a year and a half of NHL play, when you can get a legit superstar who's going to give you 40 goals a year, probably for the next six, seven years immediately. And that's all it will take. Plus some other smaller pieces. You have to do it. You have to. That leads into this other debate that, you know, we kind of hinted at and Mike was talking about. Are the devils legitimate Stanley cup contenders? If they go and make this move, if you replace right now, let's just say it's Dawson Mercer, no one else on the NHL roster has to get sent over to San Jose. And the only NHL player you're getting back is Timo Meyer. Let's say it's that. Are the Devils a legitimate Stanley Cup contender? Because, Tom, I know you said they would beat the Rangers in the first round. That kind of move is not to get out of the first round. It's to win the Stanley Cup. Can they beat Carolina and can they beat Boston to, I mean, I don't think it's a question about the West. I don't think they need to make a move to beat anybody out West, but is that enough to get out of the East? Yes. Mike, I mean, do you think that the devils win the Stanley cup? If you replaced Austin Mercer with Timo Meyer right now, I think it's close. I mean, I, I, I can't deny the, the superstar power that, that Timo has. I, I really can't deny. I know that Mercer is a, di- a difference maker. I know that he's, you know, the, the, like Tom said earlier, he's a Jersey homegrown. He's a guy who's been developing under New Jersey. So we have such an attachment to him and especially uh, of how well that he's been doing as of lately, especially. Uh, but Timo's a star already. Tom, Tom's got a point. Timo's developed as, as a star. We know what he's capable of. T, uh, and obviously, Mercer, we are seeing what he is possibly uh, capable of, but we haven't seen it in full ex- extent yet. And with Timo, we have. So obviously, it would it, it would just be an addition that would put them uh you know at a different step than they already are right now and it's it's already pretty high um and well am i gonna say that they're they're Stanley Cup champions officially no I'm, I'm not gonna say that but I say I'll, I'll say that they're pretty they're gonna be pretty damn close if they do get them and I think the big thing here too is getting Timo Meyer to me makes them even better might make them better than the hurricanes because you're also going to take away a piece the hurricanes can acquire if you don't give up Dawson Mercer the hurricanes can give up more and get Timo Meyer, then you have no shot. Then you're done. Then, let alone with the Rangers get Kane, what what are you going to do then? Now you're looking at you're you're wasting this great goaltending from VTech. You're going to have a dogfight in the first round. You might still beat them, but then you're going to look at your roster. You're be like, damn, we're going to have to play a tough first round series, and now we're going to have to go play Carolina or Boston or somebody. And it's like, can we beat them with with the lineup we have now? With for the last two months, a 18 and 16, including overtime loss losses team. Can we? Other teams are taking their stride towards the end of the year. Can we, we had a hot start in the beginning of the year with this roster. We had some injuries, but now we're kind of just staying afloat. We're, we're, we're winning two, losing one, winning two, losing one, winning two. We're losing the teams like the blues. We're losing teams like the Canadians. I know they played well, but we need a jolt. We need to showcase to this locker room and this young core that hasn't won yet. That hasn't been in the playoffs. Do we believe in this team? Yeah. It might suck to give up one of our boys in Dawson, another young homegrown talent, but we just got a bona fide superstar that made us better than the two teams ahead of us or the two teams that we're competing the most with because they're obviously ahead of the Rangers. And that's, I think, the signal that the Devils might need to send to open the window officially. Also, mm-hmm. to an extent, if you – Tom just brought it up too. I mean, they they lost to teams like the Canadians and the Blue. Obviously, it's going to happen. It's NHL. You can lose on any given night. It's a professional sport. It happens in every sport. It is what it is. A team that's better will lose to a team that's worse. They'll play down to a level. But at the same time, even like you said before, the Devils didn't honestly play down to their level. They had chances, but they weren't finishing. If you look at this team and you honestly look at – you know, their players that they have, obviously they fly around. That's what makes them deadly. That is their, that is their, their, their number one when it comes to playing against teams because people can't catch up with their speed and, and, um, 
and and their agility and that's and, and that's the fact but when it comes to finishing and look, let's take a look at it. i mean they just had 40 shots on goal yesterday and and they only uh they only put a two in and and i guess a guy who i didn't even know that only was but so they just need they need finishing tom's right they need a jolt they need a guy that can finish goals because the only guy that i honestly trust at any time in any given day that will put a goal in is jack hughes but if i look at the if i look at that that team, the only other person I could probably think of is Brat when he's on his good day, but he's not on his good day all the time. With Timo, I could trust that. I could think. I think that we would have a one A and one B that you know that if we need to score, we will get it. So I think that's what I gotta say. If we had a Timo, I think that the finishing aspect, which the Devils have lacked this year, despite all the winning that they have, when it comes to finishing, they're not that great of a team at it because we only got one guy that we know that can finish all the time. If we could add another, that makes them even more deadlier. Yeah, I am going to draw a comparison here if the Devils were to get Timo Meyer, and it would certainly remind me of when they traded for Ilya Kovalchuk. Yep. That is the caliber player you're getting in terms of just an elite goal scorer. And I think it would be the equivalent of like when they added Kovalchuk. I know Jack Hughes is worlds better than Zach Parise when Zach Parise was a Devil at that point, but that's the kind of player Zach Parisi was. He's like that Nico Heischer type player. Nico, I think, is a little bit better on the back end. I think Zach Parisi was a little bit better of a scorer at that point. But bringing in Timo Meyer, I think he would pair up with Nico Heischer. And I think those two, the two Swiss guys, definitely would go out there and make some noise. I definitely think the Devils are a better team if you get Meyer. Again, it's just is now the year you go all in and I, I clearly you guys are saying yes. And it's hard. <laughs> you're also to, it's going hard in to, for six, seven more years. You're going to sign them long-term. So you're, you're opening well, that's, your window. And that's exactly, and that's it's hard it to argue. It's hard to argue against that. Yeah. At the same time, I just have this expectation for what Dawson Marsh is going to be. He's still so young and the stride, he doesn't miss games. He, he, he hasn't missed a game. I think since he, made his NHL debut, I think maybe just one healthy scratch. And that was uh, because he made a few mistakes in a game and Lindy wanted to make a point this season, but he played in all 82 games last season. He has been an absolute workhorse. And again, he just continuously gets better. And seeing him play with Nico Heischer has been really exciting. And I don't necessarily want to give that up yet because I think that can be very deadly at the same time. Hands down, they're better right now with Timo Meyer. So if you think you're winning a cup this year, you make the move. I, I agree. Now, moving on, we're going to close the show out. And this is going to be kind of a new way we consistently close the show out with our weekly top five power rankings. So, guys, let's kind of start. Just say the five teams that we have. We, I'm pretty sure we all have the same five teams here. We have the Maple Leafs, the New Jersey Devils, Carolina Hurricanes, the Rangers, and the Boston Bruins. Guys, who is the best team in hockey? It's all unanimous for us, Boston Bruins. What makes the Bruins so lethal, and what makes them the best team right now? It all means. Yeah, <laughs> I was just kind of it kind of easier said than done. Tom basically just got out of my mouth. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean they don't lose, and they just have this this veteran mentality about them that is just it's just ruthless, and they they don't take their foot off the gas for anybody. Uh, honestly, obviously we've seen some some bad losses this year from you know from really good teams, um, you know, including the Bruins. We've seen them we've seen them lose before. I mean, I think if they lost to Arizona earlier this year. I mean, it's like I said, the AHL is going to happen. Uh, but you, when this team is on, they are on, man. Uh, and it is the it's the veteran mentality. Um, it's 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 Bergeron, it's Pasternak, it's it's uh, it's Marchand, it's it's all these guys. And it is like it's like literally what the Capitals and the Penguins are to like Tom and I. I don't know how you feel about them, Ben, but like it's like always these you know the veteran guys on these teams and it's like when are they ever going to go away and it just feels like the Bruins with these guys and these veterans it feels like they're not going away anytime soon because it's how well they are playing right now they just have a chess piece 
for everything. Any team they play, they can move their lines around. They can they could just shut it down and not give up a goal. They could play a game where they could score six. They could put Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marshawn and put the line back together. They could put Pasternak with Taylor Hall and, and David Krejci. They can put Marshawn and Bergeron together with Charlie Coyle. I mean, anything you want to do. And then you look at their back end with McAvoy and and Hampus Lindholm and 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 all and it just keeps going and going and they're probably going to add pieces and their goaltending. They have two goaltenders that would probably start on probably, I don't know, 22 of the 30 teams in the NHL or 30, whatever one teams in the NHL. Um, well, actually 32 now, right? With Seattle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, probably there's probably only 10 teams that probably wouldn't take one of the, one of the Bruins goaltenders this year on their team. And that's what's scary. But then again, we've seen this with Colorado in the past. We've seen this with Tampa Bay. We look at teams in the regular season, and in the regular season, they just kind of bring it a little extra, and then they run into the playoffs, and they play the same team over and over again, and a coach or players figure out kind of how to beat them, and because they didn't really face adversity all season, they lose in a series, like Columbus beating Tampa Bay, like Colorado always with their early start of their run. Like, how are they losing to these teams? How? I could see it being Boston this year because, you know, th- these aren't like new young cats. These are all players that have been in the league forever. I mean, they don't really have any young players where it's like, oh, this is like like a Dawson Mercer or like a Nico or a Jack where it's like, oh, it's their first playoffs. I mean, these are guys with ma- mad experience and basically the same team as last year with an addition or two and a new coach and a new system. And they lost to the Carolina in the first round. So I did the best team in the regular season right now. But to Mike's point, it's the NHL. And would it surprise me? I've made the point to lose in the first round. No, but you got to give credit where it's due. And right now they're the best team in hockey. If the entire city of Boston discovers this podcast, they're going to blame Tom for manifesting this first round loss for Boston. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's, maybe it'll it's be the Mikey so D's Islanders. <laughs> that would be something. Now, I mean, I'll tell you right now, to your point, I Jeremy Swayman can start for me any day of the week. And I know I, I reference, you know, my time in Wilkes-Barre a lot, but I got to see Jeremy Swayman play when he was with Providence, which, by the way, Providence, not just my opinion, it is 100% the best hockey town in the United States for minor league hockey. Great place to see a game, the Dunkin' Donuts Center uh, down there in Providence, Rhode Island. So, mm, Providence you know, just to make Duncan. that... Yeah, just just to make that point. But Jeremy <laughs> Swayman, he's looked fantastic every single time I've watched him play. He is just awesome. He could start for me any day of the week. And honestly, if it wasn't for Olmark being unbelievable this year, he'd probably be the starter in Boston. But, you know, the Bruins, they're just – it doesn't seem like they have a hole. Every single spot of their lineup has been great. You know, that Eric Hall, pa- Eric Halla, Pavel Zaka trade, it was a lot of questions as to, like, why both teams made it. But it makes sense for both teams. The Devils wanted someone who was more responsible uh, and can win face-offs. And Boston wanted someone, you know, who can go and score you a goal every now and then on the bottom six. And that's what Pavel Zaka has been for them. And Eric Halla, you know, he's been that guy. He's one, he's their best face-off guy. He's been able to play with Jack Hughes. He's been able to play with Yegor Sharangovich and Fabian Zetterlin. So, you know, Boston, they've been the best team. Now, we're also unanimous on the second team as well, and that's the Carolina Hurricanes, top team in the Metro. You know, we talk about them potentially going out and making a move to even add to that. But you can argue after a slow start for Carolina, they've probably been the best team in hockey. They have been. I think they've been better than Boston, truthfully. And I think they're only going to add, and I think they're only going to get better. And I think this could be their year because the last couple of years, especially last year, they were kind of the team, right? Everybody thought they were going to make it to the Eastern Conference Final and probably represent the East. And then they just forgot how to win on the road in the playoffs. And I think this year could be the year they've man they put it all together, especially with the addition they're going to make. And this is a core of guys that have gone to the playoffs multiple years now. And, you know, I'm a big revenge guy. So if they ran into the Rangers, they could have the motivation of last year on their side, which always seems to work in hockey and always is kind of, you know, good omens. And um, they could beat Boston because I think they've been the better team to the point earlier. And any other team in the East, I look at, I'm like, Carolina could beat them. And when you have a team like that, there's not much to say. They're just good. No, I, I, I just think they're another team that it, that that uses the flying around to to make it a weakness for everyone else. I mean, it just looks like they're like just 
I know it's pretty cliche to say, it, but it just looks, it looks like they're just having fun, you know, playing the game and everything like that. And and it just shows in how well they connect together as a team. And I mean, like, look at, you know, the other night, especially Cobb's literally going for a hat trick in the middle of a game with the Michigan. Like, like they they literally are just having fun out there and, and they're dominating uh, to the extent. And I mean, of course, not Tom's team. They don't dominate when they play them, but, but it is. They it's, dominate, they just don't win. <laughs> it's basically what it is, but um, but yeah, no, I just looked at having fun out there. Like like Tom said it best. This is just a core that plays really well together. Um, and uh, they just were really close last year to getting it done. Forgot to win on the road. Uh, hopefully they brush that off this year because they could definitely represent the East uh, highly this year. Yeah, Carolina is certainly a very very talented team. Now, just to kind of quickly go through our final three because this is where we start to differentiate tom who is your three four and five in your power rankings and just kind of give a brief explanation as to why you put them in that order yeah definitely my three are the devils i just think that their speed and their young talent is unmatched compared to some of the other teams in the east based on our conversation today though i actually might change it around but i'm gonna stick with them at three four now depending on what they do at the deadline that'll probably change post deadline uh my my four would be toronto i think especially the additions of o'reilly they're just a powerhouse offensively man you can catch them on defense some days if you get good goaltending they're beatable but they're gonna score and it doesn't matter who they're playing they're gonna put pucks in the back of the net and they're just due i don't think there's a core or a team that's more due for lack of a better term than the toronto maple leafs and they're just going to be a top five team in the NHL until always. Um, and five is my New York Rangers. I just think they're, listen, they're 22, six and one. They're one of two teams that have less than 10 regulation losses since December 1st. Uh, the other team being Carolina, you can argue since December 1st, the Rangers are the second or third best team in the NHL. Uh, they've made additions, Tyler Mott, Tarasenko. They're in it on Kane. They're going for it. They, you know, their window is going to be, every year with their core and then adding rentals um, and they're going for it in the Igor era. And they're to me, they are a top five team in this league and there's no questions about it. And arguably over the last two, three months, they were top three teams. So New Jersey, Toronto, New York rounds out my top five. Yeah. Mike, what do you got to round out your top five? Uh, so yeah, basically, uh, and you see, we're all different. So I mean, with three, I have Toronto. I think the, I think O'Reilly is just uh, you know one of those uh, game you know changing uh, additions for a team. I think he obviously showed the other day. Obviously, Tom said it best. They are they are obviously a powerhouse. You know, you know, Nylander, Matthews. You know, you can get the the goal scoring anytime uh, with this team, and then. Uh, like you said, it all depends on the goaltending as well. I mean, like, it, it basically is adjusted on that. But with the offensive powerhouse they have and then some of the additions that they made, I just think they're really good. And and uh, also, Tom said the best thing as well. They are due more than anybody. Hopefully, we can see them get out of the first round. They got the talent to do it. So, I am I have them at three right now. At four, I got the Rangers. I think I have them ahead of New Jersey. I have them at five. But what, what, what I want to say about the Rangers is um, I just think the additions are great. And the fact that, that Patrick Kane's on the doorstep for them, too, just – makes it even scarier for them. Um, you know, Mott was great for them last year when they had him. It was a great uh, idea to bring him back. Um, you know, Taron Seiko has been great so far. Um, you know, obviously that's a great addition. And this team's just been red hot. And, uh, um, you know, they're showing shades of that 100-point team that was last year, the Rangers that, you know, that went to the conference final. So I had them at four. I think they're really hot right now. I don't see them really slowing down. Um, and uh, and unfortunately, I'm just going to have the prediction now, but I do think that they're going to jump New Jersey uh, in the standings at the end of this uh, 20 games before the playoffs. So that's why I have New Jersey at five. We know the talent that they have. Hopefully this will change, in my opinion, will change. You know, if they do make an addition. So, uh, but I obviously with New, New Jersey being at five, um, I just, I have them at five because we know that they can win. We know that the talent they have, we know what they are. I think that's why I have them at five, um, you know, at the end of the standings, because I know what they are. Uh, but at the same time, they need it to make an addition that will bring them over the top um, if they really want to compete. So that's why I have them at five. So I got Toronto uh, Rangers and then the Devils at my three, four and five. Yeah, I, I agree with Tom. I have the Devils at three. I think the Devils' speed really is a weapon. I think they are that much faster than everybody else. And even as the season has gone on, you've seen guys like Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer get smarter. They're not taking those same hits that they were taking at the beginning of the season and last year. I think that they've been smarter playing. And really, they're they're starting to click those guys. Heischer's scoring again. 
You have Jack Hughes, he's back. He's still racking up assists. And I think the longer he plays with Jesper Bratt, the more points and the goals are really going to start to flow. Number four, I have the Rangers. I think the Rangers are right there. I think the Devils and Rangers are very, very equal right now. It'll be interesting to see if the Devils can go and add at the deadline if they decide to do that, whatever happens with Timo Meyer. But the Rangers, they're they're a really good team. And again, I think the goaltender Igor Shesterkin definitely makes a difference. Now to round out the top five, I have Toronto. And I think the big question marks in goal. I think they don't have a goalie. That's what's always let them down in the playoffs. And of the top five teams, they probably have the worst goaltender, maybe better than Carolina. But I I think ultimately Matt Murray's glove is a huge weakness. And teams exploit that, especially come playoff time. There's a reason Matt Murray has not had success in the postseason since that glove was exposed. Now, just going to wrap things up on the show, we we do appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you give us a follow on our social medias and check us out on Twitter at Outsider Sports 3. We're going to be back again next week, another podcast as we wrap up things in the National Hockey League. I'm a busy man, I'm making money on my rhymes